Hello, my name is Annette Jones, and this is the Motherhood Elevated Podcast, episode number two, a formula for using your agency. You are listening to the Motherhood Elevated Podcast for women who want to find clarity of mind, create lasting emotional well-being and confidence, and achieve amazing potential. Come with me. This will be fun. everyone. Welcome back for the second episode of the Motherhood Elevated podcast. I'm happy to have you join me. My name is Annette and I am a life coach and I coach women looking to elevate their experience as mothers, as wives, or in any role that they play in their lives. As I mentioned in the last podcast, I'm also a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and so I teach and coach with that perspective and with those values. So let's get started. I'm excited to talk to you about this week's topic, which as you can tell from the title of this episode, will focus on agency or our power to choose. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about agency and why it's important. And then I'm going to teach you my favorite coaching tool that can help you see clearly how you are using your agency to create the results you're getting in your life. Okay, so first of all, let's think about what we know about the life we lived before we came to earth. We all lived with our Heavenly Father and Mother as their spirit children, and the time came for us to take the next step in our eternal progression to become like them. Now, this step included getting a physical body and coming to an earth where the memories of our previous life would be veiled, we wouldn't remember, as well as having the opportunity to experience a different environment than we were used to, right? From what I understand, the world we live in now is very different from our heavenly home. So we were sent to earth so that we could have the experience of using our agency in a world full of physical temptations, which we hadn't known before because we didn't have bodies, as well as spiritual temptations and opposition. And last week, I talked about how the fall of man through Adam and Eve brought our minds into a carnal state, which we have to work to manage. But I love that even though we were sent into a world of temptation and opposition and challenges, we were also given one of the most important tools to create our own experience in the midst of all of it, which is the gift of agency. And agency is huge. When I was younger, I associated agency with choosing the right, like choosing whether or not to do drugs or to steal or whether or not to stay morally clean. But through coaching, I've realized that it's even so much more than that. It means that we don't have to be victims to our circumstances. It means that we can choose our experience in this life regardless of what happens to us. Agency is the power to choose our thoughts and our beliefs and our attitudes to really choose how we want to experience any circumstance life throws at us. And when you really understand that you have a choice in how these things affect you, it changes so many things. Now, the adversary knows this. He knows how powerful we can be when we really understand what our agency is and how to use it. So he isn't just going to leave us alone on this one. The scriptures say that in the pre-earth life, the adversary actually tried to destroy agency and that his goal now is to deceive us, to blind us, and to lead us captive. Well, that doesn't sound good, right? Why would we let him do that? But it's crazy how easily we fall into this trap sometimes. And he accomplishes this by essentially lying to us and trying to get us to believe things that aren't true. 
But the tricky part is he makes those lies sound right and sound true. He convinces us that we should get offended and hold grudges. He tells us that some people are better or more important than others. He convinces us that we can't handle the things that happen to us and that we should just give up. He tells us that our happiness and our worth come from things like the size of our house or what kind of car we drive or our physical appearance or our talents or popularity or even the achievements of our children. So that's how he gets to us, especially, I think, those of us who are trying our best to be obedient and choose the right and be good people and good members of the church. And if he can't convince us to go out and commit blatant sin, he sure tries to sneak in and make us miserable with thoughts that lead to discouragement and feelings of failure and even depression. Now, I think this is really important to be aware of. And I remember in coach training, we were talking about how everyone, every human being has a part of them that questions their worth and feels inadequate, that everyone experiences shame and the feeling of not being good enough. And it's a pretty powerful emotion and one that really keeps a lot of us stuck. So a woman raised her hand and asked the question, do we know why this happens? Why do we question our worth and battle that feeling of shame? And the answer that was given was, we don't really know why it happens. We just know that it's a consistent universal thing that all humans struggle with. And I thought to myself, actually, with the perspective of the gospel and the knowledge that we have of why we're here and our pre-earth life, we do know at least part of the reason. We know that we have an actual being working against us whose goal is to try to sabotage our progress and our happiness and our effectiveness. And for me, knowing that gives me a lot of leverage over those discouraging, disempowering thoughts and beliefs that go on in my head. And I can see them for what they are, and I recognize the source of them, and I understand that they are optional, and I don't have to believe them. So I think the battle for our agency is still going on, and Satan is still trying to destroy it by telling us that we don't have options in the way that we see the world, or in the way that we interpret what other people say or do, or in the way that we respond to things that happen to us, or to the people that we love. His biggest lie is that we don't have a choice. And if we don't have a choice, then we're stuck. We truly are captive. So this is why understanding our agency is key because the thoughts and beliefs we are choosing really will determine the experience we have in this life. And most of the time we can't control our circumstances, but we can always control what's going on in our minds and how we handle those circumstances thanks to the gift of agency that we've all been given. Now, as I mentioned in the last podcast, I love that the coaching tools I teach align so well with the truths and concepts I believe through the gospel. And one of these tools was created by my mentor and instructor, Brooke Castillo, who runs the Life Coach School where I was trained. And she is just really brilliant and wonderful, and I've learned so much from her. And Brooke has spent years studying the mind and psychology and coaching, and she noticed in all of her research that there was a common theme that our thinking creates the results that we're getting in our lives. And it's not a new concept, but she took this idea and organized it into a very simple, usable tool that she says, and I agree, can solve any problem. And I have to clarify here, when most of us think about solving a problem, we think that means changing the people or circumstances or things that are happening to us. But I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. Those things aren't the problem. It's our thinking about them that is causing the problem. And we know this because what is a problem for one person might not be a problem for someone else. It's all in the way we're thinking about it. And so this is great news because it means we have more control than we think we do. 
So many times we try to control what's going on outside of us to feel better, when really that's not the issue. Sometimes those things do change, and then we find out that it doesn't fix the real problem. If our emotional pain isn't coming from what's happening to us, but what's happening in our minds, we don't have to be at the mercy of the people and the things in our lives that aren't going to change. So this tool is a great resource to help you take a good look at your thinking and what it's creating for you, and it can really guide you to a more deliberate life with less of the emotional suffering that so many of us struggle with. Now this tool is called the model, but I like to refer to it as a formula for using your agency, and I'll explain that more, but it really effectively shows you what you are creating with your current thinking, as well as helps you see what's possible when you use your agency to change that thinking. So basically, every issue or problem we encounter in our lives can be broken down into five components, and the model is comprised of these five parts. The first part of the model is the circumstance line. And circumstances are the things that happen in the world around us that we can't control. Some circumstances include the weather, things that happen in our past, other people's behavior or things they say or events that occur in our lives. The circumstance does not contain any judgments or opinions or interpretations of what's happening. We don't really use adjectives in the circumstance line. We do put in facts, things that everyone would agree on or that could be proven in a court of law. So for example, it's raining outside could be a circumstance. You could prove that. My dishwasher won't start could be a circumstance. My child is so frustrating would not be a circumstance. It's a judgment that you are making, and everyone might not agree that your child is frustrating. My house is a mess, not a circumstance. Your house might actually look really clean to some people, even when it looks messy to you. You can put people in the circumstance line, and you can even put words that they said, but only exact words, not what you think they said or how you interpreted what they said. Got it? Okay, now the reason we have to be so careful in the C line is because everything that goes in there is neutral. And by neutral, I mean that there are different ways to think about the circumstance, that it's possible to see it from a different point of view, or that there can be other ways of interpreting it. Okay, so the circumstance is factual and it is neutral. Let's move on to the next line of the model. The second component of the model is the thought line. Now the reason it's important for the circumstance to be neutral is because the thought line is where our own personal interpretation of the circumstance, what we're making it mean for us goes. And it's possible for people to have different thoughts about the same circumstance, right? They're optional. There are always other ways to think about something. And so this is where our agency comes in. And it can be a little tricky because sometimes we believe that we don't have the choice but to think about something a certain way. So for example, let's say you're at a restaurant and they bring you out the wrong food, something you didn't order. Now, someone might go to the thought, wow, are you serious? It's not that hard to get the order right. This is ridiculous. Or someone else could think something along the lines of, wow, they're really busy right now. I can see how they could have a mix up. Everyone's just doing their best. It's no big deal. Now, we probably know people who would think the first way about this, and we know people who would think the second set of thoughts. We really are free to think whatever we want about a given situation. And there really are an infinite possibility of thoughts avail available to us, and so I think it's a good thing to make sure we're choosing the thoughts that serve us. Let me show you what that means with the rest of the model. So the third line of the model is the feeling line. 
Now, the reason your thoughts are so important is because they are directly related to the emotions that you feel. An emotion is very simply a chemical vibration in your body, which is triggered by the sentences or the thoughts that you have in your brain. And some emotions or vibrations feel better to us than others. Think about the emotion of jealousy and how it feels to you. Do you like that feeling? Or when you are experiencing resentment, how does that one feel? What about when you're feeling happy? Or when you're feeling genuine connection with someone? I think it's amazing that we've been designed to essentially feel in our bodies what we are thinking. The sentences in our brains are what are creating our emotions. So let's take the example we just used of the restaurant. If I'm thinking the first thought, this is ridiculous, that thought for me brings up the feelings of being annoyed. And I don't know about you, but I don't really like to feel annoyed. It's not an emotion that feels good to me. And I don't want to be annoyed in that situation. The other thought, it's really no big deal, I would say gives me the feeling of patience. And that's an emotion that I really like. It feels good to me. So again, sometimes we think we don't have a choice when we're feeling emotions such as anger or sadness or resentment or being offended. But the great news is that we do because our thoughts trigger our emotions and we have agency to choose our thoughts. So we get to decide what we feel. Amazing. Now I need to slip something in right here. Some people think that the goal of coaching is to feel good about everything all of the time and that we should never feel those negative or uncomfortable vibrations in our bodies. But that's actually not the goal. The purpose of coaching is to help you gain awareness that first of all, you are in charge of the thoughts and feelings that are creating your experience. And second, that you have a choice to think and believe something different if you want to. No one is telling you what you are supposed to think or feel. In fact, we were sent to earth to experience a whole range of emotions, right? There's opposition in all things. If we didn't ever experience sadness, we wouldn't know what happiness really was. If we didn't sometimes feel discouraged, we wouldn't understand how amazing it feels to be encouraged and motivated. If we didn't know some form of fear or anxiety, we wouldn't appreciate peace or confidence. So it's not a bad thing to feel these emotions, but it's important to be aware of the emotion we're allowing and how it's affecting us. Now, if it's not bad to feel negative emotions, then why does it even matter what we're thinking or feeling? Well, first of all, we might not like the feeling. Like I said before, we might just not want to feel that emotion. Like jealousy. I don't like that feeling, and I don't really think it's useful or helpful for me to feel it. Does that mean it never comes up for me? No, but when it does, I can recognize that it's my own thoughts creating that feeling, not something or someone outside of me. And I can choose a different emotion and one that does serve me by shifting my thoughts. So sometimes there are emotions that we just don't want to feel and we don't have to let them keep us stuck. And the second reason of why our feelings matter is that our emotions are actually the fuel for the next line of our model, the action line. And our best actions are going to come from positive emotion. So our actions are the things that we do, our behaviors, our reactions, even the things that we avoid doing. And with the model, we can see how our actions reveal what's going on in our minds. So let's look at the restaurant example again. If I'm feeling annoyed, I might be impatient or treat the waiter or waitress rudely. Another thing I do when I'm annoyed is I let my thoughts spin about how frustrating this is or why this shouldn't have happened or how these guys messed up. 
But when patience is fueling my actions, I'm calm, I am much more kind and understanding, and I'm able to let it go and just focus on enjoying my meal or the people that I'm with. Now, usually the action line is the first thing we want to change. It's the first place we go to solve a problem. So someone who wants to lose weight, for example, might think, I need to eat better and exercise. Their focus is on what they need to do. And then they power their way through those actions for a little while, but it gets hard and exhausting and they quit. So unless you get to the root of why you were overeating in the first place, which is all in your thinking and your emotions, your, line, your action line will be so much harder to change because you're relying on sheer willpower, which will only last so long. If there's an action you want to change, whether it's to stop yelling at your kids or to be a more loving spouse or to take the steps to accomplish a goal that you have, it's really helpful to take a look at the thoughts and feelings that are fueling your current actions and then go from there. And this will get you the results that you are looking for. Which leads me to the last line of our model, the result line, or the effects of your actions. The result is what the action is creating for you in your life. Examples of your result include being overweight because you've been eating out of boredom or stress, being withdrawn or distant in a relationship because you've been hurt or offended. Or another result could be you feel like a horrible mom because you can't make it through the day without losing it with your kids. And so an interesting thing about the model is that the result will always prove your thought true, kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. And it shows that our thinking really does affect the experiences that we are having in our lives. So in the example we've been using, if I'm thinking this is ridiculous and I'm feeling annoyed and then I'm rude and impatient, my result is I'm kind of being ridiculous and I don't have a good experience. And in the end, I don't like the way that I've behaved. And if I'm thinking it's no big deal and I'm feeling patient and I'm kind and understanding, my result is I don't make it into a big deal and I get to have a much better experience and enjoy my time at the restaurant. It's a powerful thing to be able to directly see the result that your thoughts are creating for you and then to decide if you like that result or if you want to change some things and get a different result for yourself. So there we have it. The circumstance that we have a thought about which triggers a feeling which then fuels our actions and creates our results. Pretty simple and pretty cool, I think. So usually when I do models, I will first do a thought download. I talked about this last week, but a thought download is just that, writing down all of your thoughts about a circumstance, getting them out of your head and onto paper. And if you're doing this correctly, you will probably have some thoughts come up that make you do a double take and think, wow, is that really what I'm thinking about this person or this thing that happened? There are some things that we know um, are or aren't true logically, but they still pop up in that lower automatic part of our brains and affect us. So really, the more thoughts you get out and the deeper you go with this, the more progress you'll make in getting to the root of what's keeping you stuck or causing your problem. So usually we do two models, and the first model is called the unintentional model, and it's the model that shows us what's happening in our automatic, practiced, default thoughts that come up unsupervised. So usually I will write on a piece of paper the five components on a model. I'll write the letters C, T, F, A, R vertically down the side of a page. And then I write in the C line, my factual could be proven in a court of law, everyone would agree on it circumstance. And then I take my list of thoughts and choose one that stands out to me, one that I want to take a look at and go a little deeper into. And then the rest of the model is pretty easy to fill in. 
And it is really interesting to have written out on paper what my thoughts are creating for me. And because I know I have the ability and the choice to think about things in a different way, I can also fill out what's called an intentional model with the exact same circumstance. Remember, we can think different thoughts even if the circumstance doesn't change and then plug in a new thought that will get me a different result. So I used the example of the restaurant before, but let's go to another one quickly. I was lucky enough to marry a pretty handy husband, and over the years, we've done quite a few house and yard projects. And there are a few reasons we like to do these projects ourselves. Um, we generally like working on things most of the time. It saves us money, and we like to try to include our kids when we can. But our house is getting a little older, and more and more things are starting to need repair or renovation and our project list is growing longer and longer. Our lives have also gotten more busy as the kids have gotten older and more involved in activities, and um, it seems like it's just getting harder and harder to find time to work on them. So in my C line, I'm going to put my written list of house projects, which includes things like painting the stair rail or getting new bathroom counters or replacing the carpet, things like that. Now, when I look at this list, I have a lot of thoughts. But the one I chose that I think keeps me stuck the most is, we are never going to have time to get this stuff done. Awesome thought, right? So I put that in my T-line. And when I'm thinking this thought, the number one emotion I feel is overwhelmed. Like, why even try? And so guess what my action is? I don't try. I don't work on stuff. My action is basically inaction as far as taking the steps that will get the project done. Another action, which I'm really good at, by the way, is to ruminate or just kind of spin out in my head about the house and how it's getting so old and how it needs to be updated and how this is just never going to get done. So that's helpful. <laughs> and then my result is that I really don't ever get anything productive done on my list. I'm not making time or taking time to work on those projects. So it seems that that thought really isn't serving me very well, and it's definitely not getting the, me the result that I want. Okay, so let's see what happens when I choose a different thought for this circumstance. So in my second model, I'm going to write in the same circumstance my list of house projects. Now, I've worked on this model a few times, and it's pretty clear to me what the most productive thoughts are for me now. But that's not always the case. We don't always have a new believable thought to jump to and to fill in, and that's okay. And I'll talk more in depth about that in another podcast. But for now, I just want to illustrate how the unintentional versus the intentional models work. So you can do a more deliberate, higher brain thought download here, which I sometimes do. But usually I just skip to the F line and I ask myself, how do I want to feel about the circumstance? And that can be a very helpful way to find a thought that works for you. So when I look at my list, I want to feel motivated to work on those projects. So I ask myself, how do I feel motivated? What thoughts will get me to that feeling? And the best thought that I've come up with to motivate myself is basically a version of by small and simple things are great things brought to pass, meaning that these big projects I'm getting overwhelmed by are really totally doable when they're broken down into smaller tasks that I can do when I have a few minutes or a couple of hours here and there to work on them. And when I feel motivated, I really do take the time to break down the projects into smaller steps, and I'm much more likely to actually do them. 
And when I'm taking this action of getting things done little by little, my result, of course, is that I'm accomplishing those tasks and I'm getting closer and closer to completing my, my projects and I'm making steady progress. One last thing I wanna throw in is that you can start anywhere in the model. If there's an action you are taking that you don't like, stick it in that A-line and then work backwards to see what feeling is driving that action and what thoughts are creating that feeling. You can also start with a result that you want and work backwards. I often start with a feeling I'm experiencing, just a one-word emotion in that F-line, and then I look for the thought that's causing me to feel that way. And it's really an amazing tool to learn how to utilize in your life. So I know the circumstances I've used today aren't really what most of us would think as major problems. We all have much bigger issues than getting the wrong order at a restaurant or house projects. But I wanted to use these simple examples to illustrate how our thinking affects the actions we're taking and the results we're getting. But the model works on the big stuff too. It's really interesting to play around with the model to see what results different thoughts can create. And like I said, the deeper you go, the more clearly you can see how much control you really do have over your experience in life. And the thing I love about the model is that it helps you access your own wisdom and your own creativity to solve your problems. And you are the best person to do this for yourself. You are the one with the best solutions. You just need to ask yourself the right questions and tap into that amazing brain of yours. So Brooke Castillo says that the model is working in your life, whether you're aware of it or not. And I think that's true. Again, this is truth about how the mind works and how the world works, and no one invented it. But the model incorporates it into a simple tool to help you take that truth and use it for your benefit. So this week, I'm challenging you to do a thought download, pick a thought, put it into the model, and see what you come up with. And if you try this out and have questions, or if you'd like some help with your model, I encourage you to go to my website and sign up for a free mini session, and I'll walk you through it. And remember that when I say the model helps you solve any problem, that doesn't mean it helps you change the things going on outside of you or the people outside of you, because that is rarely within our control. But changing what's going on inside of us is completely within our control. And that's the best news, because that's where the real solutions are. All right, that's it for now. That was a lot of information we covered today. It was awesome, I love it. I will be back next week to teach you some more. Have a good one. If you like what you hear on this podcast and would like to learn more, I invite you to check out my website at motherhoodelevated.com. There you can sign up for a free mini session to see what working with me looks like as well as find information on classes I offer or get on the list for some weekly inspiration straight to your inbox. Again, that's motherhoodelevated.com. Have a great week.